morning. Let's turn to Galatians 5 and uh, want to look at that with you this morning. We are going to be talking about at camp, our theme this year is turn up Jesus and turn down the world. And I think that's probably the most fitting thing. Last year, Charles Outlaw is one of the other group leaders that didn't get to come this year, but we got some great ones that have come. And, and Charles kind of come up with that last year, and I said, that's going to be our theme next year, to turn up Jesus and turn down the world. And these verses this morning at the end of Galatians 5 kind of show you how to turn up Jesus in your life. We talked last week, uh, on this next screen, we talked last week at the end of our sermon, we talked about the parable and the sower, and we talked about the seed that fell on the path and fell in the rocky land, and then and the thorns and all that grew up and choked it out. And there was only one, really, that knew Christ as Savior, the one that produced fruit. And it says here, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. What, what is that fruit? What, what, are they, what are they reaping there? And as we look at that, what determines the degree of productivity? And I love this quote, the life that is most productive is the one that obeys the word promptly, unquestionably, and joyfully. That's the most productive. When we don't ask questions, we were talking about that with the youth this morning. What does the word obey mean? It means you follow instructions and don't argue about it. And I told them, I got a five-year-old that argues about everything. She's, she's, got, she's, she's always arguing with me about, well, Daddy, well, what about, and then I've got a seven-year-old that argues with me, and I just feel like a lonely man on an island sometimes. But we're like that. We're all like that. We're all God's children. And guys, if you want to really get a look at yourself in God's eyes, look at your kids through your eyes, all right? And it's about 100 times greater, million times greater than that. But you look at how we are and how our kids are and how they don't want to listen how they don't want to do what we ask sometimes, how they want to argue everything, how they want to think that they're much older than they are. And you know what? When God looks at us, I think he sees the very same thing. Now, we don't want to say amen to that, you know, but, but that's what happens. He sees children. We are children in Christ. I'm a child of the king, a child of the king. With Jesus, my savior, I'm a child of the king. That's a great thing to say, but it also kind of indicts us a bit, and it says that we are children yet. We are growing. We are still learning this process. And you know what? We won't fully get it all figured out until we get to be with him someday. We get a brand new glorified body, and we're going to be perfect. Isn't that going to be great? No more sickness, no more pain, no more death. We're going to be perfect. So producing fruit, what does this fruit look like? Let's look in Galatians 5 and look at verse 13. I'd like to do the whole chapter, but we, we just don't have time. But look at 13. Life by the Spirit is way mine is, is entitled, and this quote says, love is the motive for all Christian behavior. If you're doing anything for Christ except because you love him, you're doing it in the wrong vein. If you're doing it for glory, if you're doing it for praise, if you're doing it because God will pay you something back, if you're doing it because uh, you think you'll get enough brownie points to get into heaven, guys, that, that is not the motive that you should have for serving God. Everything that we do for God should be because we love him, because it just outflows from us how much we love him, how much we realize what he did on the cross for us, what price he paid, how much he loved us. He showed us love. And guys, if you want to really know what love's about, look at what Jesus, he is, God is love, it says. We'll talk about that in a minute. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I am redeemed. I thought about that as Danny was singing that, that song, and that's it right there. We were called to be free. But we feel like being a Christian, and the world looks at being a Christian, 
as you're just kind of shackled up in chains and walking around and just whatever guy, oh yeah, I got to obey God all the time. I don't get to do anything fun. I'm just shackled in chains. But we are called to be free. We can enjoy life. We should be the happiest people in the world. We are redeemed. Shout it out. I am redeemed. I am Christ. I am a new creature. I've got a home in heaven awaiting for me. I'm going to have it all someday. And we walk around and we look like we've been sucking on lemons all day. You know? Isn't it a shame the way we, we treat Christianity sometimes? Oh, man. Oh, I've got to get up and go to church. Oh, oh, it's so early. I get to go to church today. Yeah. I had, I had people here today at 8 o'clock ready for church. It was cool, man. There's people sitting around ready for church. Of course, they spent the night here, but hey, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's what we need to do. We'll just start spending the night here on Saturday night. We'll get a bigger crowd. We'll have a lock-in, all right? That's what we'll do. We are meant to be free, guys. Celebrate that, all right? Celebrate that. But do not use your freedom. Listen to this. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You know, we don't get saved and say, oh, I'm saved now. God's never going never gonna to let me go. So I can just kind of go enjoy whatever I want. I can do whatever I want to do. And guys, listen, that is not what it is to have freedom in Christ. When we have total freedom in Christ, we totally depend on him, and we totally want to follow him, and we totally want to do what he asks us to do. We want to obey. We want to follow his instructions without arguing about it. We want to follow what he has asked us to do. And it's not a thing of burden. It's not a thing of have to and, oh, me, woe is me. We get to serve Jesus today. That's the way our attitude are to be. We get to serve Jesus today. That's the way it are to be. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. You can sum it all up in one little word. All the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everybody goes, how can we fix the mess of this world? There it is right there. If we all did that one thing right there, this world would be totally 180 degrees different than it is today. But you know what? We love ourselves more than we love our neighbor. And, and I, I'm guilty of that too from time to time. I love what Todd wants instead of what God wants. And it's so important. Law's motive is fear and punishment. That's, that's the motive that law has. If you're trying to live religiously, if you're trying to keep some laws on a page, the motive for that is you're afraid you're going to get in trouble. Oh, I've got to serve God or he'll zap me with a lightning bolt. Oh, I've got to serve God or, or I won't get, get to go to heaven, you know. Guys, listen to me. The work of heaven was on the cross. And when we say I am redeemed and we give him our life, we say I surrender all, we receive that. We're not working to get that. We're working because of that. We're, we're working out of love for what he's done for us. We don't do it as a burden. You mean I've got I to follow God. I've got to do what he says or he's going he's gonna to zap me. He might not let me into his heaven. You know, all those jokes we've heard for years. You know, uh, he's there at the gate, you know, and is, is Peter going to let me in the gate or not? Man, if you're waiting on that call, you're, you're in trouble. You can go right to the book. You can go right to see how to be saved. You can go right to what God says. You confess, you believe, and trust me, and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. You've got a reservation in heaven with Christ. You don't have to doubt all that stuff. Christ's freedom is in Christ. 
Therefore, it could never mean freedom to sin. Freedom, Christian freedom is in Christ. In Christ. We are in Christ. We are enveloped by Christ. How in the world could it ever be a license to go and sin and do whatever we want? Because listen to me. Christ and sin will never occupy the same space. You cannot be occupied with sin and be occupied with Christ. You can't be busy with sin and be busy with the Lord. It's going to be one way or the other. And the good part of that is if you'll get over here and be busy with Jesus, you won't even have time to worry about sin because they don't occupy the same spot. If you, are you having trouble following the Lord? Check, check where your sin life is. Check, check where you're spending your time. Check where you're busy at. Where are you busy at? If you're busy in, in gratifying yourself, taking care of me, worrying about me, I want stuff, I want what I want, take care of me. If you're busy with that, if you're occupying your time with that, you're not going to be occupied with Christ. You're not going to be busy with him. But when you take time and start reading his word, start praying, st- coming to church, telling people about Jesus, doing the Great Commission type things, being disciples and and teaching others to be disciples. Guys, I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to live for Christ when you do that. Because there's there's a fight going on, and we're going to read about here in just a minute, but there's a fight all the time. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, listen to this, Paul Paul never beats around the the bush much. I I love the way he just kind of in your face. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other arguing and i think we could put legalism right in here legalism you know what legalism is i want you to live like i think you are to live next week i think every man in this building ought to have a tie on and if you don't don't come back that's legalism i think i think that we are to all have one type of translation now don't come in here with any other book but this one that's legalism And what that usually ends up with is quarreling and griping and devouring each other. You see, the problem, I think, a lot of the problem today with people not finding Christ is because the people on the pews that come to church every week can't even get along. Because we're griping about things. I I don't like the way that churches are griping about music and they're griping about translations and they're griping about this and they're griping about that and they're griping about the color of the carpet on the floor and the wall and they're griping about the the lights are too bright and the the screens are too big and and all these things that's just that's preferences he said be careful and he's talking to christians right here in this spot he said be careful because when you get putting your preferences above what god wants you to do in serving him you'll devour and chew each other up and you'll tear each other apart you ever watch some of them wild kingdom shows where one of them leopards or well, they get a hold of one of them animals and it's kind of gross to watch because, I mean, they're just ripping at it. They're just devouring it, chewing it apart. They're pulling the skin apart. You can't watch it very long unless you just, you just kind of like that stuff, you know? That's what's happening in the pews of the churches today, guys, is we spend time griping about our preferences and we're devouring each other and nobody wants to come in the door and hear that because they can hear that at home or they can hear that at work. We've got to be loving and caring. And, and, I, and I feel that in this place. Don't get me wrong. I feel that. But we have to always be on guard, don't we? We have to always be on guard 
Because the devil would love us to get our preferences above what the purpose for Christ has for this church. And, and I want you to take care of me more than I want to see people come to know Christ. And when that happens, guys, look out. Because the gloves are off and here we go. And we go to Dukin over little bitty things that have nothing to do with reaching people for Christ. And so be careful there. Paul's just kind of putting a warning out there to the church. Look, guys, if you do this, it's going to devour you. It's going to eat you up, and you're going to devour each other. And, and how do you prevent that? Go right back before that. What did it say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Try to find the difference between preferences and what God wants us to do as Christian people. We all have preferences. There's songs you like that I don't like. There's songs I like you don't like. There's different, there's different things. There's different things we all like. And what we've tried to do at this church is try to blend a lot of it in so that somebody gets to hear something they like, somebody gets to, to, to see something they like. But what I always loved about this church, it was always about reaching people for Christ. And let's, let's stay on task for that. Let's keep on for that, all right? Let's continue to lift up Christ. Me and Brother Patrick were talking last night in light of what's been handed down with the Supreme Court and all those things. We've talked about that, you know, a whole bunch the last few weeks. But you know what? Our, our mission hasn't changed. It, has, it doesn't, has nothing to do with what we're here to do. You know what we're here to do? Love people and share Jesus. That's what's going to change this world. Love people and share Jesus. We can get on our soapbox and, you know, and, and it's good to say what you believe. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've we got to stand up for what we believe in. But guys, we don't, we don't do it to the point where we devour someone and we eat them alive and we point an accusing finger. We're, we're already condemned. The Bible says that. John 3, 17, he said, I didn't come to condemn the world. It's already condemned. Why do we want to go and sell them? They're more condemned. <laughs> Is there a difference between being condemned and being more condemned? No, the difference is how we'll change this world is through Jesus Christ and through salvation. Let's don't devour each other over our preferences. 16, so I walk by the Spirit, and you will not, so, so I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. You hear that? And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Oh, man, the world hates that verse. What does the world tell you all the time? Do whatever you want. Do what feels good. You figure out what you like and you do that. You don't let anybody tell you that any other way. Christ has said there's a way to live, guys. I don't want to bust your bubble, but he said there's a way to live. And he said, if you're in me, if you're walking in a spirit, this is the way you're going to live, right here. You're going you're to fall in these boundaries. Yes, there is boundaries in serving Christ. We are free, but we are free in Christ. And he said, look, look at those verses again. For the spirit, verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with you there so that you are to, not to do Whatever you want. Well, I can be saved and do this. Or it's okay to be saved and do this. Or I can be saved and, and do this over here. It's okay. I think it's okay. Why do we try to negotiate with Christ? 
He's already told us how to live. And guys, we know about this battle. We know the contrary, the flesh, the spirit. The minute you give your heart to Jesus, that battle begins. And I've told you before, that's one of the main things I'm looking forward to when I get to heaven is that battle will be done. Because it's real every day. Todd is always at fighting. Christian Todd is always fighting unearth, <laughs> ungodly Todd. They're inside you. They're inside you. Schofield says it like this. He says, we have two trees in our life. He said, one tree is the old Todd, the old you. Okay? And then God plants a new tree. All right? Now, here's the thing. Here's the problem we have the rest of our life. is keeping the old tree barren. We don't want the old tree to produce any fruit because it's bad. It's wrong fruit. It's sinful fruit. But we want our new tree that is planted in Christ to produce good fruit. That's what we want. That's the battle that goes on. And if you're like me, I'll look over there on some days, and that old tree has got an apple on it, okay? It's got fruit on it because I put it there. I allowed, I allowed sin to come in my life, and because of that, that old tree sprouted a fruit that is, is ungodly, that is sinful. My job, and, and I can't do this on my own. What did it say there at the beginning? So I say, walk by the Spirit. How do we do that, Brother Todd? How do we keep fruit off of that old tree of our old life? We walk in the Spirit of Christ. We stay just so close to Him that nobody can get nothing between us. We stay in the Word. We stay on our knees in prayer. We stay close to Him. Because, guys, I'm telling you, you will not walk in the Spirit. You will not keep fruit on that new tree without the power of Jesus Christ in your life. Can't do it. We are bent toward wrong, and that's the way we're bent. And we're always going to be bent that way. But when we give our heart to Jesus, when he comes into our life, guys, he changes us if we will. And that's what we do. We say, I surrender all. And we say, Lord, change me. And then we can do things that are good. Then we can do things that are right. Then we can do things that are wholesome and holy in God's eyes. Not because I'm a great guy, but because God's living in me and I'm walking in the Spirit. Same thing for you. You must walk in the Spirit. You must walk in the Spirit. Now, how do we turn up the world? You know, we're saying turn up Jesus, turn down the world. Let me show you what the world looks like when it's turned up. Look in verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, and you can kind of go all over the board there. Idolatry, fornication, homosexuality, and it just gets worse from there. Immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. If you dig that word a little bit, you'll get the word pharmacy, pharmacia, drugs. You don't think that's got a big grip in our world today? It does. Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Now we're getting into things, God. Todd, they don't sound as bad, do they? Debauchery and jealousy. See, we kind of like to think on the things that we do, they're not quite as bad as those other guys. He's worse than I am. You ever been jealous? Yeah, we deal with that a lot. Jealousy. Self-ambition. Ain't nobody stopping me. I'm going to do whatever I want. I told our class this morning, the worst things a Christian can say is, I don't care what anybody thinks. I think that's terrible. I hate when people say that. I hate when I say that. 
I see it on Facebook all the time. I don't care what anybody thinks. This is what I'm doing. Listen, guys and girls and men and women, boys and girls, when God is in your heart, you better care what other people think because you're showing him to the world. We've challenged this group, this group and their leaders last night. I love the, the group meeting they had. And they challenged them to show Jesus to these kids this week. They challenged them to say, you may be the Jesus they're going to see. They're going to see Jesus through you. However you portray him, that's what they're going to think Jesus looks like. And guys, I tell my crew, I tell you guys too, however we portray Jesus, that's what this world may think he looks like because we may be the only Jesus they ever see. And man, that's, that's, a big, that's a big burden. You think about that for a second, you go, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to sign up for that. I'm sorry, but when you accepted Christ, that's what you signed up for, to live and honor Christ and to show the world what Jesus looks like. And not about self-ambition. Not about I don't care what other people think. You know what? Jesus was always about others. Always. What else does it say? Dissensions. Factions. I missed one there. Fits of rage. Whew. You ever have fits of rage? Man. I'm going to tear him apart. Ain't nobody going to talk to my family like that. You know? And look, look, you know, we need to take care of our family. Don't get me wrong. But, man, we we got we to gotta switch about like that. And I'm telling you, it don't, it don't take very much to just send us off into some tantrum. Let's read about that. Now, that's how you turn up, G, turn up the world, all right? Let's, let's read the rest of it. I, I've left off more. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Boy, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man. That's pretty, that's pretty big. When that's what you seek day after day after day. When that's where you're at day after day after day. And you know what our answer is on these fits of rage and temper and stuff? Well, Brother Todd, that's just the way I am. You just got to take me for what I am. I'm just that way. You mean God can't help you control that? I think he can. I think we take the easy way out because we're a bunch of knuckleheads and we don't want to fight ourselves. Don't. It's a fight. I'm telling you, it's a fight. I'm the biggest knucklehead on the block. It's a fight. I know the right way, but I'll look up sometime and I'll find myself way off in the prodigal land going, Why in the, how in the world did you get here? Amen or oh me. We know. Verse 22. Here's how you turn up Jesus in your life. But the fruit, the fruit, it's not a bunch of fruit. It's just one kind of fruit. You know what kind of fruit it is? Being like Christ. Being like Christ. Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And here's the big one, guys. This is the one that's been jumping out at me that brought me to this message, self-control. With all that we've heard the last couple weeks and, and all the things that God made me that way and, and looking at my sinful life and, and the times when I say, you know, I, I just forsake God and do what I want to do when I shouldn't. You know what that says is 
is that I'm not giving God all of me. Self-control. Man, you look at the world today, guys, and we have no self-control. We're shooting our neighbors. We're shooting people in churches and schools. Kids are beating and shooting their moms and dads, and moms and dads are abusing the kids, and teachers are abusing kids, and kids are abusing teachers, and it, it's, just, it's just rampant everywhere. Sexual debauchery that we talked about, and, and you just name it. I mean, just beyond all that, it's just, we're just, there's just no self-control in the world. You know that, why that is? There's an absence of God in this world. We like to say, well, I'm just that way, or I'm just made that way. Guys, listen to me. When Christ comes into your life, he can give you these things, this fruit, because you're going to be more like Jesus every day if that's what you're learning, yearning to be. And that should be our number one priority as Christian people is to be more like him every day. Love. That's what God is. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, kind. Long-suffering, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, keeps no record of wrongs. Now these three remain faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. Over in 1 John it says God is love. Not a kind of love, God doesn't love, God is love. You want to know how to love? Look to God. You want to know how to truly love? Look what G, how Jesus loved. Joy is contentment and satisfaction with God. Now, you know, there's a verse that says, I've learned to be content in all things, and it kind of hit me as I read that. What I've been kind of thinking through the years is I've learned to be content with what I've got, you know, and, and I'm still not. I'm still wanting something else. But I, I thought about me content with what I've got, I've got enough, content. But you know what, it, what it's saying there is, I'm content in God. I am content that he can do exactly what he says he can do. I am content that whatever he wants to do in my life, he can do it. And I am content that whatever God wants to change in my life, he can do that. Because I'm content with him. I, I realize he has my best interest in his hands. You see, we, kinda, we, we associate everything with stuff. I'm content that I've got enough. I've got enough to eat. I've got a bed. I've got a house. I've got a car. I've got, you know. But this is contentment in God. Love, joy, joy. True joy down deep is saying, whatever comes our way, God's going to take care of it. And that don't mean you're smiling and happy. I've said that a hundred times. Y'all know that. Joy is not necessarily being happy and ha, 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 laughing and tickled to death about things. You may be sad, but you can still have joy knowing that whatever's just happened in my life, God can take care of me, and he's going to watch over me, and he's going to be there for me. That's true joy. Peace. Peace of God as well as peace with fellow Christians. Peace, the life of the Redeemer. I am redeemed. Remember what Jesus said when he was on the boat and the disciples were going crazy? Lord, we're going to die. We're going to die. Don't you care? You ever said that to God in your life? I, we have. I'm going to die, Lord. You, know, you might not mean physically, but Lord, it's hard. Where are you at? 
And it takes him about five seconds to get up and say, peace be still. And everything just goes. The disciples are going. You see that? He just speaks to the wind and it obeys him. That's the guy I want to follow. That's the one I want in control of my life. I want to follow him. Forbearance. Oh, man. Lord, I need a couple, couple doses of that, that fruit. Patient in affliction. Annoyances. You ever get annoyed? Do you have patience in that, or are you ready to tell someone off as quick as you can? Man, there's people that just love confrontation. They, they, they're not happy until they're in it with somebody. God says, if you got my fruit in you, you're not going to be like that. You're not going to be like that. You're, you're going to be you're going to be where I need you to be. You're going to be patient in afflictions. You're going to be patient when people annoy you. You're going to be patient in persecution. Woo! And guys, we talked about that last week. That could be coming to a, a church near you real quick. Patience and persecution. And you know who, who has the greatest example of that ever? Y'all know if you think about it. Our Lord's hanging on the cross. And they've been spitting at him and pulling his beard out, driving nails in his hands, putting a crown of thorns on his head. And what does he say? I'm going to get them all. No, he doesn't. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'd say it like this, Father, forgive them. They're lost. We was talking about that last night, too. Why do we get so upset when lost people act like lost people? That's what Jesus was saying. Father, forgive them. They're lost. They don't know me yet. But I'm going to hang on the cross, and I'm going to continue to hang here, Lord, and I'm going to die for their sins so that someday, if they want to do that, they can come know me as Savior. And they'll realize how much I love them. Forbearance. Have you ever been abused that bad? How are, we, how are we so short with people? Kindness, gentleness toward others, goodness, kindness shown to others. The Good Samaritan is a great example of that. Gentleness, taking the lowly place like Jesus did when he washed the disciples' feet. Gentleness. Would you be willing to, to wash someone's feet? Would you be willing to put yourself beneath someone? so that they could know Christ. And self-control. Holding oneself in. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you probably hadn't noticed lately, but your preacher's getting kind of a gut, all right? I'm sorry. So when we take pictures, I suck it in, you know? It's holding oneself in. When we have Christ and somebody just ticks us off or somebody does something we don't like or we get all fired up and, and this old earthly Todd wants to just jump out and lash out because that we're walking in the Spirit, because the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we are able to hold that in and not say anything. Whew. That's hard. 
We've had a whole bunch of opportunities the last few weeks to say something. We need to be careful what we say. There comes a time in our life, guys, as Christians, that, that we have to hold ourselves in. We have to suck our gut in, so to speak, okay? Because we want to just lash out. We want to tear somebody's head off. But get back that, circle that self-control. Circle that real big in your Bible. Because, guys, that, that to me is just this whole message. This whole world. What we see, the craziness of this world on the news and everything, we have no self-control. Let me finish. It says, against such there is no law. If you're doing these things to the Spirit, you're not bound by it at all. You're, you're living in Christ. You're free in Christ. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited and provoking and envying each other. Let us not be conceited and provoking and envying each other. Turning up Jesus in your life. We're going to challenge the kids at camp this week to do that. I challenge you and me to do that in our life. You may not be going off to camp, but you're going to go off to work. You're going to go off to your friend's house, the family's house. You're going to go off to Walmart, to the restaurant. And you're going to have probably a chance here in just a few minutes when you go to that restaurant to forbear, to, to hold it in, to be self-controlled. You're going to have a chance to shine Jesus. And be more like him. Have you noticed how easy it is to turn up the world and how difficult it is to turn up Jesus in your life? Because it takes effort. We're, we're a natural. We are a natural at sin. But it takes effort, and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit in us to raise our level in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Brother Patrick, Brother Drew, and Brother Richard to come up here just a minute. They've got other leaders, but this is some of their leaders this week. These guys have come and took a week out of their summer to come and turn up Jesus in the lives of our kids in Mississippi County. This is Richard Hollingsworth. He is the youth pastor at Axe Church in Waco, Texas. This is Drew Long. He is the youth pastor at Dodge First Baptist Church. And this is Patrick Germins, the pastor First Baptist Dodge. And they have come and lead this group. Some of their wives are with them. All these guys' wives are with them. Their kids. Patrick and them brought their whole family. Drew and them. They've all, they've all brought their whole family into this thing. They're teaching their kids well. That it's about others. I want you to agree with me that we'll pray for these guys this week, all right? Now I want the rest of the group to come up here and just stand around the stage, all right? All y'all come up here that's from Texas. spread out on down through there, guys.
in this amazing group. Amen. I just want you to see the faces that will be working with our children this week. I want you to be, when you take your, your dinner, or your lunch, or your breakfast, and you pray, I want you to see these faces in your prayers. I want you to lift them up in your prayers. We want to lift them up as they travel here in a few hours. They're going to go on up and get camp ready. And, and guys, we, we've tried to say thank you since you've got here. It just doesn't seem adequate enough, but we thank you for coming. We thank you for being a part of us for this week. Let's just take time and pray over them, all right? Then, Father, we come to you, Lord, and I just pray for this group. Lord, we don't know what we're facing this week, but you already do. You already know the outcome. And so, Lord, we're just going to go, and we're going to go by faith and trust you because, Lord, your ways are always right. Lord, I ask you to give them power, discernment, wisdom. Lord, I ask you just to give them energy when the old tank runs low. And, Lord, I thank you for them just taking time to come and make a difference in children's lives in Mississippi County. And, Lord, there's going to be lives changed for eternity this week. And, Lord, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a part of that. Lord, just go with them. Lord, fill them with your spirit. I know they've been praying and preparing. Lord, they're ready. They're not coming into this thing unprepared. They're not coming into this thing just hoping something. They're coming in expecting. And, Lord, we know we can expect great things from you. And so, Lord, I just, I just pray that you'll bless them. Bless their efforts and bless our camp. And, Lord, when the first church starts pulling on the campus tomorrow, may they start to feel your spirit as they come into that place. Be with Brother Patrick this week as he preaches the word each night. Be with Richard and Drew, James, all this group, Lord. I can't name them all, but all of them that will do their jobs, and they will do that with joy and love because that's what you ask them to do. Lord, we love them. And we thank you for sending them our way. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can go sit down. Let's stand together as they're finding their chair. In closing, let me just ask you this. Are you seeing this fruit in your life that we read this morning? Are you seeing that fruit? And guys, I don't think, I don't think we should be satisfied with one or two of those. I, I, I think, again, it's one, it's one piece. So I don't think we should say, well, I'm not, I'm not jealous like I used to be, or, you know, I, I'm kind, but I'm not so much on self-control. I think it's, it's a gradual thing when we're going to be like Christ where we're going to see all those things in our life. And maybe one jumped out at you this morning, and as we bow our heads together right now and you close your eyes, and you begin to ask God, God, show me which one of these things that I'm not up to snuff on. I'm not doing what I should. And Lord, help me to grow completely, not just be content with a part, but a, a whole body of you, the whole Christ-likeness of you. Help me, Lord, to be like that. Maybe, maybe you don't have that fruit because you've never given him your life. And you could do that today. We could help you show, we can show you how to do that today. As our prayer partners make their way to the front, as we bow our heads together and close our eyes, the music begins to play. This altar is open for prayer. If you want to come pray for this camp team, if you want to pray for some, 
things in your life that are not going well, if you want to pray for some things that you're struggling with and the fruit of the Spirit, this, this altar is open. We can pray with you. We can pray, help you find God. Whatever you want to do today, we want to help you. Let's just bow together and pray, all right?